Shalom, Baruchim Habaim. Welcome to Awakening Torah, Musar Mindfulness. I am Rabbi Chasu Uriel Steinbauer, the founder and director of the Institute for Holiness, Hamachon Kedusha, Kihilat Musar Mindfulness, the Musar Mindfulness community where we are, are practitioners of the path and the spiritual discipline of Musar and mindfulness together on this path towards holiness. Today is Saturday, October 14th. Here in Israel, it is 10.22 at night. Uh, the date uh, on our beloved Hebrew calendar is the 29th of Tishrei of Tafshin Shempei Dalid, 5784 of our Hebrew year. We are coming to a close of Tishrei soon as we enter Rosh Chodesh, the new moon of Teshvan on Sunday and Monday. Uh, so uh, actually, I'm looking at the calendar right now and thinking, hold on, I have to get my dates right. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering if it begins tonight for tomorrow, uh, which it might. Um, so we haven't met uh, in two weeks um, because as you probably know, and if you don't know, then you haven't been looking at any news or social media. Um, my beloved people on my beloved land were attacked by Palestinian terrorists. People like to say it's only Hamas, but it hasn't been identified by other terrorist groups also. Um, and um, I, I, there's no words for this. And if I begin crying during the session, then you'll know why. Uh, the brutal, unbelievable violence and cruelty that has taken place uh, hasn't been experienced or witnessed by our people since the genocide of the Holocaust against our people. So um, it's really, it's been seven days since this started where they have brutalized and murdered and committed massacre to our people along the border of Gaza and Israel who lived in Kibbutzim and Moshavim, different neighborhoods. Um, really murder and torture and all sorts of horrible behavior that I won't mention here. Um, and actually kidnapping, kidnapping of our people. Over 150 people uh, have been taken as hostages. And over a thousand lives have been murdered and lost to our murders now. Um, it's very painful for me to talk about this. So what do we do? as Musar mindfulness practitioners and as Jews, we, we bring more light into the world. We do the gifts that God has given us and we bring it more to the world. So I'm coming to you with the awakening Torah, Musar mindfulness with my Torah to share with you, to have all of us strengthen each other. And so that we can address this with wise discernment, with clear boundaries of what is acceptable and what is not, what we will tolerate and what we will not, and to elevate these nishamot, these people who have been murdered, 
and then to bring back those who've been kidnapped who are hostages. So we have big projects that requires group and concerted international effort to put pressure on those who are the criminals who have done unbelievable acts to get them to return our people in safety, people who have come from all over the world to visit and dwell and live in Israel and our ancestral homeland. So um, this is part of the practice is for us to spend this time together. We didn't get to close out Vezot HaBracha, the last Torah portion that we um, read and um, finished on Shmini Simcha Torah, which was last Shabbat. Um, so I'm going to summarize this and uh, take a reading from it, but mostly we're going to actually practice together uh, in a mindfulness meditation to strengthen each other. It's going to be one of uh, metta, of chesed, of loving kindness, but as chesed, as protection, as magain. It's very important that you know that on the path that chesed metta can be used as a, a form of protection to strengthen us. And it's very important that we be able to use it as a practice as such today. Okay. So what are we covering? Vezotabracha. It's the last Torah portion in uh, the book of Deuteronomy and Devarim. Uh, as I said, it, it's read on um, Simcha Torah, um, which was a week ago. So I guess on the 7th of October. Um, and uh, I'll go into the summary and then we're going to hone in what we want to share and then we'll move into practice. So before we begin, we always do our kavanot, our intentions for today's practice. So I'm going to share screen for those of you who are watching by video and have vision. For those of you who don't have vision or are not watching the video or are joining us by audio, uh, you will hear me read these kavanot, these intentions for today's practice. So we see this time together during awakening as an act of radical self-care and doing acts on behalf of others and to strengthen our relationship with divine. It's threefold, right? So it's about uh, the self, others, and Hashem, this really strong triangle relationship that we have to practice and strengthen all corners, all sections of that meshulash, of that triangle. So we see this as an act of radical self-care, and we're doing it to strengthen our own soul in order to be a benefit to others in the future. This is key. And we're doing it to strengthen our relationship to others so we can be a better conduit of God's goods to others when they need us. And this is so important right now, because if you know anything, if you're either Israeli or you visited Israel, you know how much we are an Am, a people, and really turn to take care of one another. And we have to be able to really resource and be resilient to care for ourselves, to be able to care for others. We're constantly providing whatever is needed in this moment, bringing up people to be in safety, to live somewhere, providing whatever um, food or items that they may need, um, giving what sadaka and truma, if, uh, charity that we can give, um, also giving to the soldiers, 
who are protecting us, who are our children, who are fighting. Um, these are all very important to be able to bring God's good to others. And the final thing that we're doing to strengthen our relationship is with the divine, with Hashem, with God, who we are crying out to and have been for the past seven days to protect us, to strengthen us, to really, really address this evil. So we're strengthening this relationship with the creator, obviously to be a better conduit to bring God's good to others so that we can care for and protect uh, who is here and recovering, who is in mourning so that we can be there for them. And then, as I said, to bring the hostages home. So those are the covenant, the intentions for today's practice. And we're going to move right into our summary together. So what happens in the Zolta Bracha? Moshe Rabbeinu, our beloved teacher, gives a bracha, a blessing, to each uh, the Shevet, each Shevet, each tribe of Bnei Israel. Okay? And Moshe emphasizes that God gave the Torah as an inheritance uh, for all Bnei Israel. And uh, the last thing he actually says to his people is very beautiful. He says, Ashrecha Yisrael. You are so fortunate, Israel. You are so happy, joyful, delighted, fortunate. Why? Because the Torah is a gift. It helps strengthen us to sustain us, right? This means that we should be really happy about our unique relationship with God. Um, and then Moshe climbs up a mountain called Har Nevo. And Hashem shows him Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan, and says that this is the land that was promised to our ancestors, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, and Bilcha, and Zilpa. So Moshe dies. May his memory always be for a blessing. And Hashem buries him, certainly on the mountain, actually, down in the valley. And actually, nobody knows the burial place. B'nai Israel cry and mourn over Moshe's death for 30 days. And Yehoshua takes over as the leader of B'nai Israel. And they listened to Yehoshua because it was very obvious that he was selected next, where Moshe tells them to, uh, the transfer of privilege and power has been passed on. And finally, Pesukim of the Torah say there will never, ever be a Navi, a prophet like Moshe Rabbeinu, who knew God face to face and performed amazing miracles for all of B'nai Israel. Okay. I'm always very sad during uh, Deuteronomy, during the Dvarim at the end here. Moshe is very beloved to me uh, as an ancestor. Um, I feel like he really carried us for the 40 years in the wilderness. And so when he dies, uh, I feel it very strongly every year when I learn the Torah with you, um, when we go through the cycle. So to have this happen. Um, and on one hand, I feel strengthened because he, on this day, this day when we uh, experience horrible violence and, and massacre, he is giving a blessing to all of our tribes. Um, so there's something ironic about it, and we have to be able to hold both. I mean, this is this is full catastrophe living, as one of our people, John Kabat-Zinn, is famous for saying. And this is full catastrophe living. It doesn't, 
doesn't get much worse than this. And so we have to strengthen each other, right? So what happens here? What happens here? We see a huge shift in Moshe's farewell blessing to Israel. This is in chapter 33 in Deuteronomy, if you haven't read it yet, it's particularly verses 1 through 29. And really what he gives in this reading, which is actually quite beautiful and amazing, is he gives what he hopes will happen with our ancestors, with the children of Israel, with B'nai Israel. This is the first time that with full transparency and with words, we hear what our beloved ancestor, Moshe Rabbeinu, what he hopes, what his tikva is, right? What he desires and wishes for our people that what will happen next. And we really have never experienced that type of transparency in, in, in before in him. We, we can gain inklings of what he desired, so much so that there were times where he caused his own kind of um, react, through his reactivity, the suffering. Like we have reactivity when we, when we hope and want something so strongly where we're not able to live in the present moment with what is. And so we've witnessed that before. Um, like, for instance, we've witnessed him really um, wanting to enter the land of Israel, right? the land of our ancestors. We witnessed that from him in that discussion with the Hashem. And we've witnessed his kind of anger and disappointment, right? But his hope it's uh, very profound. Um, so part of this teaching tonight is, is our hope, is our hope with for our people now, for Israel, how we are going to uh, address this and move forward, right, and care for one another. So I'm taking uh, the teaching from a very particular verse tonight. And Deuteronomy and Devarim, chapter 33, verse 6, it says to us, Yechi reuven ve'al yamot. This is Moshe's blessing to the tribe of Reuven. And it says, let Reuven live and not die. You might be thinking, what a strange bracha. <laughs> what a strange blessing. What does that mean, right? But when you go through something like this, you fully understand it in a very embodied sense. What does it mean that let us live and not die? It means two things simultaneously. It means our physical bodies, the bodies of Jews, may we live and not die. And it also means may we live, may we live inside. May we have the community and the teachings and the resources and the support to take refuge in, to take refuge in God and each other in order to live and thrive, especially live and not die 
during something as traumatic as this. And this is a very profound teaching and blessing that Moshe is passing on to us because so much of the Torah is showing us what will come, what will happen. Ruvain, if you recall, the tribe of Ruvain was one of the two and a half tribes that chose to stay on the other side of the Yarden. What for? For the cattle. They were greedy. They wanted the land. And that already put them in a very vulnerable position. They still remained a part of our people, but there was a distance there. And that caused great vulnerability to them, so much so that they're the first tribes taken. When the invading armies, for instance, of Assyria and others come, they take Reuven. And so there's a prophecy here. Let them live and not die. Okay? So tonight, which we'll touch upon when we move into Bereshit together, it's very important that, um, that we, we understand and tie these teachings together and understand how the Torah is really this beautiful uh, gift to us to have us see the fullness of life and how to respond to it. When, we'll get to this in Bereshit, but when Kayan, God forbid, murders his brother Hevel, Hashem says, I can hear the Dame Hevel, the bloods of Hevel crying out. It doesn't say the blood. It doesn't say Dam Hevel or Dam Shel Hevel. It says Dame. And we understand that to mean that when you take a life, you are not taking just their blood and their what causes them to thrive and live. You're causing their children, their grandchildren, and everything down the line through them. And that is what this violence caused by Palestinian terrorists is done. It is called bloods to cry out from the earth. Whole families and whole future generations and families. And so when we say tonight the teaching that Moshe wanted us to know, let Ruven, let our people live and not die. That's that's a bracha, that's a that's a blessing, that's a wish, that's a hope. And it's something that we must really safeguard and protect and fight for and really support. And as I said, there's two levels. There's the actual physical body and there's the living within, right? So join me, join me now in practice to strengthen each other and uh, our ability to let each other live and not die. Please assume whatever posture you need to for meditation practice, I will be seated in a chair with my feet firmly planted on the ground. Why do we want to firmly plant our feet? Because this is a very difficult, for some people, very traumatic moment. And you need to be really held by Mother Earth on the ground and feel yourself rooted. Therefore, if you actually get uh, uh, caught up in reactivity, you can feel 
the earth and life beneath your feet. Open your eyes and know that you're here in the present moment. You're right here with me. Okay? So seated posture. You're welcome to stand. Strong mountain pose. You can walk back and forth. Of course, not walking anywhere particular, but just the practice of being here in the present moment. You can lie down. Please keep eyes open so you remain alert, awake in the practice. So <clears throat> first, get yourself situated. Have the kavana, the intention to really invite yourself fully that you may live fully here in the present moment. I invite you to close your eyes only if you feel safe and comfortable and it's part of your practice. Otherwise, just lower your gaze, kind of cancel out any visual stimulation. And invite the gift from Hashem of oxygen in with a deep inhalation and exhalation. Inhalation again. And exhalation. And finally again. Inhalation. And again. Putting your hand on your chest to support you if that feels life-affirming and good. Know that at any point during this, if you feel that this is too much, to practice radical self-care, to do what you need to do, whether it means opening your eyes or coming out of the meditation, knowing how to care for yourself. And if you don't have that skill yet, because a lot of people don't, and that's okay. This is, you know, radical self-compassion. It's also learning ourselves learning who we are and what resources we do have and when we don't, when we don't. So bringing the full attention of the full body breathing. No need to control the breath. Just being here in the present moments, really coming into this practice of a sense of chesed, of metta, of loving kindness as protection, applying both externally and internally. So externally, it might be this practice that a colleague of Hours calls meta sweeping, chesed sweeping. Whereas we move through our day through public spaces, whether it be in our homes, in the mamad, inside the safety, safe rooms, in the workplace, there's a sense of wishing, of like Moshe Rabbeinu, of hoping, wishing people well including ourselves. And we sense how that changes the field of our experience, how it changes our relationship with what's around us. We really naturalize this practice, dwelling in a sense of radical goodwill towards others, towards ourselves as we move through our day. 
And this practice can be such a powerful and protective antidote to the external and eternal harshness. Right? That movie, that narrative, that story we might have playing, the obsessive thinking, the fantasizing, which is not being here in the present moment, whatever the movie might be, especially in reaction to what has happened, can really lock our systems and lock our hearts in difficulty and painful rumination. So as an internal protection, this practice of chesed, of metta, we can let phrases of loving kindness become a sort of repeat loop, become the new narrative, the new story, the new movie, the new reel that's running through as a way of caring for our heart minds, as a way of letting ourselves live and not die. So at times, perhaps, to use this practice during this time, when our mind is obsessive, when our bodies are tight and constricted, when we're not even able to breathe or take a deep breath, it can be really helpful for us to practice these chesed metaphrases in a loop, and we will practice them now as we sit in our meditation. Join me in repeating after me. May I be safe and well in the midst of this. May I be centered and available in the midst of this. May I hold myself with loving kindness in the midst of this. So many of us have responded to those outside of Haaretz, outside of Israel. When people ask, how are we doing? Are we safe? And we'll often answer, we're safe right now, but we're not well. We are really not well. This is not okay. So that storytelling, that loop, that is perfectly fine in the present moment when we do feel not well, not okay. But don't allow it to be the only story and don't allow it to leave the present moment. Allow yourself to practice when you are ready to instead green message of safety and eventual wellness in the midst of this. May I be safe and well in the midst of this.
And like Moshe Rabbeinu, this can be a tikva, this can be a hope. This can be a bracha, this can be a prayer. Yechi Ruven, let Ruven live, let me live, let Am Yisrael live, let my brethren, my sisters and brothers live. Right? May we be safe and well in the midst of this. Just letting that wholesome thought replace an unwholesome thought. An unwholesome thought or that record playing might be, I'm not safe, I'm not well. I'll never be safe. I'll never be well. Okay. When we get in black and white thinking, or we get in the uh, never always, we know then that we are not practicing fully and we're caught in an unwholesome loop. So, really, really. Allow ourselves to be present as one way of engaging with and dealing with difficult and painful thoughts and embodied feeling and experience is to let the wholesome really fill our thinking and our practice and our body as a protection for the heart, mind, for the soul. And this as a practice requires savla notes, requires Patience. It's not going to happen in one sitting. It's not going to happen overnight. This is why we take refuge. This is why we practice together over time. It's patient cultivation throughout all this time and these domains. So important. Okay, we were like a bit like planting and gently cultivating and watering the seeds of living, allow us to live, let us live and not die, right? Our ancestors and even a lot of us on kibbutzim really live in a culture that's close to the earth, like so many of our brethren along the Gaza border. Planting seeds and growing things, growing things in gardens and as part of agriculture is very much a part of what they knew and what we know. So this idea of cultivation, bringing into being, being creators with Hashem, with God, is so important. It's such a central motif and image metaphor for our practice I encourage all of you who have access to gardens to fields to work with the adama to be out breathing and being with the land that is crying out from the bloods of our brothers and sisters who are murdered. So we encourage all of us to trust the process of cultivating the seeds of goodwill, of this chesed, this loving kindness in our lives. And for a lot of us, this may be a time where we're really not feeling metta, chesed, loving kindness. 
we can still work over time on the cultivation of this attitude of metta. Intentions of goodwill towards ourselves and to those around us. Right? We can practice, we can trust in Hashem and ourselves and in God and in our communities that rather like a farmer growing crops that we don't need to keep digging up the plant to check how well it's growing. We can trust that taking care of it, like our practice, the watering it, the nurturing it, the feeding it with intentionality, it'll bear fruit. It will over time. Like drops of water filling a jug. This practice, this wholesome thoughts and intentions and cultivated over time will bear fruit. And this is something that we can trust. So, so many of us right now are caught in a cycle of automatic reactivity, of aversion, of anxiety, behavioral patterns of turning away, denial, or over-identification. So we practice this right now together in these moments of aversions and all moments of fear as a practice of chesed, of loving kindness, and of bitachon, of trust in God. We really cultivate this behavioral gesture of the mind to care, to turn towards, to embrace our human relationships. Allowing your body to be steady, to check in with yourself right now, the full body breathing. Are you here? Are you touching the ground? Do you feel your sit bones? Bringing your attention back to the breath, back to my voice. Find embodied intention within the posture of wakefulness, softness, receptivity. Settling more, calming, collecting, gathering our attention, connecting with the body, integrating body and mind in the present moment. Invite yourself fully here. Breathing in, calm. Breathing out, calm. Breathing in, calming all that is agitated. Breathing out, calming all that is agitated. Cultivating this receptive, sensitive, inner listening, befriending yourself, becoming your own best friend. Sensing now the places where there is a felt sense of wellness, of aliveness, if you feel any. Perhaps it's the palms of your hands, 
your earlobes, touching of the ground of your feet, touching your lips together. Appreciate that wellness, that easefulness. Sensing the body too, where there's contractedness, tension, pain, discomfort. Inclining the mind and the heart towards caring for and touching the body with kindness, friendliness, the lovely, the unlovely, the difficult and the easeful. Whispering to yourself, centered, awake and alert in the midst of this. Kindness in the midst of this. Sensing your mind right now, spacious or contracted, agitated or calm. Inclining towards loving kindness to embrace whatever is peaceful and easeful in the midst of this. Knowing how much the loss, the unwelcome change, the conflict, the uncertainty in life, the uncertainty among our people and our nation lives within, fully embodied, we feel and know this difficulty. We can sense it in our body. There may be tremors, anxiety, even whispers of ill will. And we will bring care to this. We will not get lost in the story of the difficult. We'll be mindful of the pain, mindful of the anxiety, mindful of the aversion, mindful of the ill will. Tending towards this with care and kindness, Kindly whisper to yourself. Fully present in the midst of this. Radical self-compassion in the midst of this. Compassion towards others in the midst of this. Caring in the midst of this. Loving kindness in the midst of this. Knowing that as you practice day in and day out here, taking refuge in community, if the difficulty gets too raw, inward or outwardly, always step back into places where you can more easily generate that intentionality, that kavana, that intention, that care. People you love, people who support you to renew, to restore, restore your capacity for this intentionality, for loving kindness towards yourself and others. Being able to return. We're calling the, the challenge, the difficulty, the painful. 
making our home together in refuge and not in the story and not in the difficult, but in our covenant to befriend ourselves and befriend others to care for. Peaceful in the midst of this, breathing in calm, breathing out calm. Caring in the midst of this radical self-care. Loving kindness in the midst of this, bringing God's good to others in the midst of this. The practice is resourcing, building our resilience over time, using this practice as protection. The Magain David being able to move between the difficult and the easeful, the easeful back to the difficult, resourcing our capacity to meet this challenge in this moment and in this moment. Simply begin again. not forgetting the coexistence of that which is simultaneously lovely in our world and that which is horrific. Neither one has to be pushed away. We can build this capacity to be present over time with this patient cultivation. We will sit in silence. And I will ring the bells when we are done with our practice, making sure that when you feel ready, that you'll open your eyes and end your practice, or you're welcome to continue always exploring and cultivating and nurturing, caring for yourself and those around you when we come out of this practice. We will continue in silent meditation now.
If you choose to end your practice now, gently and slowly open your eyes, giving Hashem God a deep bow and a deep bow to yourself for your practice. Deep bow to our community, most our mindfulness practitioners at the Institute for Holiness, really taking refuge in the teachings and the path. Thank you to our ancestors and to our teachers for these teachings to be able to allow me to be a vessel to open my heart and give you what Torah, what Dharma I have for you, Torah Dharma. It's a privilege and an honor to be with you tonight. As we say, and this is the blessing that Moshe has given us. May Reuven live. May the people and nation of Israel live. Right? And not die. Not die physically and not die spiritually in the soul and the heart we will strengthen and sustain one another with our radical self-compassion and kindness and extending that light out to everyone thank you for today uh, we will meet tomorrow for the teaching on um on bereshit bezrat hashem we uh, entered the book of Bereshit, uh, Genesis, uh, today, on uh, Shabbat. Um, and so it's a blessing to begin this cycle all over again with you. So thank you again, and uh, do take care.